left Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM. WRUF. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Jose is going to produce the show today. Zach's going to produce the show today. Going to tag team you here. Oh, by the way, touchdown Georgia. Oh, sorry. Um, wow. L- look. You know, when you're TCU, you can't imagine ever that happening to you. And when they made it 10-7, you're thinking, okay. But their quarterback wasn't that good last night. And, you know, I think Georgia defensively had a real chip on its shoulder after, you know, what happened in the previous game. To the victor go the spoils. Congratulations to Georgia. They were, I mean, winning something back-to-back is not easy, especially in today's sports world. So like them, don't like them, got to give them credit for doing that. Don't forget tonight. 8 and 7 Florida against 12 and 3 
LSU, but both teams are one and two in league play. Uh, we will have LSU's play-by-play voice Chris Blair talk about the Tigers. Also, Seth Greenberg uh, from ESPN will talk some college hoops with you, get his thoughts on what's going on in the SEC and nationally. Uh, Tim Tebow, congratulations. Inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Good honor for him. And then, in case you missed this, I'm going to give you, uh, and there is a ton of these, but I'm going to give you Mark Schlebaugh's way too early top 25 for next, next college football season. Okay? Florida plays Utah in Utah's opening game next year. Utah's quarterback, Cam Rising, says he will rise again. For the Utes, he's staying in school. He's coming back. That's big for them. Big. So, whatever that's worth. All right. We'll get your reactions on the game last night. Let me give you Schleybaugh's. Oh, by the way, did you see on, it's on social media, David Pollock, who's a Georgia guy, is on set with Nick Saban. And Pollock is basically looking right at Saban and telling him, look, dude, Georgia is king. Georgia has taken is the best. And Saban looked at him like, really? If you haven't seen it or you didn't see it last night, Google it. It's worth the look. And you know what? I'm going to ask you this question. Has Georgia surpassed Alabama as the best program in college football. Let me know what you think today. Because I, I think that is a, I mean, Georgia's done it for a shorter period of time, obviously. You know, Alabama under Saban's been good for a long time. But today, today, do you think Georgia has surpassed Alabama as the premier program in college football? 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. So let's see uh, what you have to say, and I hope you will. And then your thoughts on tonight's game. Uh, think the Gators will win against uh, LSU. All right, Schleyball has Georgia number one preseason next year. Now, the good news for Georgia is they don't have the massive losses they had on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to lose Carter. They're going to lose Ringo. And, of course, they're going to lose Stetson Bennett. And you can say what you want. You know, a 25-year-old dude quarterback and it doesn't happen all the time. So if I had to guess, guess, um, Carson Beck would be the quarterback next year. And he's waited his turn very patiently. Uh, and Brock Bowers is going to come back. That certainly helps any quarterback. So, and next year's Georgia schedule is like uh, tissue paper. They had a game with Oklahoma canceled 
They play Ball State, Alabama-Birmingham, and UT Martin. Yeah, and they play Georgia Tech, plus the SEC games. Number two, Schleyball has Ohio State. They will lose C.J. Stroud. They have to have another quarterback. And it's going to be somebody that I don't really know that people know, right? So, and remember, they played without their best receiver and tailback, Henderson, for much of the year. Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. One of those two probably will be the quarterback. Michigan, number three. And this is despite all the rumors going around about Harbaugh, the NCAA, et cetera. I think that's <clears throat> too high. I think that's too high. They got a lot. They lost some people. Now, they got their running back to return next year who got hurt late in the year. That's a boost for them, certainly. I think it's kind of high. Speaking of too high, you know what Schleyball has at number four? Florida State at number four because they've cleaned up in the portal. Jordan Travis coming back at quarterback certainly helps them. Jared Verse also comes back, who might have been a first-round pick. So they're number four. Alabama, for them, this is not a high position, number five. But for them, who's going to quarterback? That, that, to me, is the big question. Alabama, I think next year you will see what didn't go right this year go right for them. They were undisciplined, lots of penalties, terrible in turnover margin. That's going to be fixed. I, I cannot see a Saban team doing that two years in a row. But who do you have at quarterback? Milrow? Doesn't look like a thrower at all. So that, to me, is going to be the big key. Penn State at number six, despite the fact they lose quarterback Sean Clifford. Uh, USC at number seven, they will lose Jordan Addison uh, at receiver, um, among others. Number eight, LSU. Yeah, LSU. Uh, number nine, Oregon. Bo Nix coming back certainly helps their cause. And number 10, Tennessee. Now, in his preseason early top 25, Utah is number 13. Elsewhere in the SEC, uh, let's see here, Ole Miss at number 20. That's it. So there you go. No, no, uh, no Kentucky this year. Come on, peeps. Let's go. Give me something. This, this is you got to have a thought about last night, about where Georgia goes from here, about, you know, all that kind of stuff. 3928255. Email srussell at wruf.com. Um, and by the way, I've not had a chance to say this. With all the nonsense going on in the world and, you know, political 
whatever it is. It was so good to see what people have done all over the country, all over the world, when it came to DeMar Hamlin. That's really a cool thing. I mean, his, the, the contributions to his charity just went through the roof. And it, you know, for a change, it didn't matter about a political party. It didn't matter about, you know, a fake election. It didn't matter about color. It didn't matter about anything. It mattered about getting behind a human being who, right before our eyes, almost died. And to see the support among, you know, the, the not only the Bills, but the Bengals, the entire NFL, others in the sports world, just fans, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. I, I wanted to make sure I, I said that today. PG, hello. Hey, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally concur with what you said there. It's really cool to see everybody come together. Um, but on to last night's game, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to be mature about it, but it just ticks me off, man. Uh, I know I've heard on your show, and, and I agree, that you know other teams have gotten better. And I'm not talking about the elite right now, like Georgia or where Alabama is. Ohio State, maybe, but you know the old misses of mm-hmm. the world. Yep. Um, Tennessee, yeah, pretty much. Down, yeah, Tennessee down the line. Um, Florida State now is improving, and it just seems like every one of Florida's rivals. And you know, Mullen had it going for a little while. You know, we were playing some New Year's, New Year's Six. Things were looking up, but maybe behind the scenes, you know, we weren't really doing some of the things that should have been done. But it seems like Florida's regressed. Most everybody else is doing a little better, and then you've got the juggernaut in Georgia. That unless Kirby goes to the NFL, I mean that thing just looks like a machine, um, and it's just it's just kind of disappointing. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get over this, but they're back to back, and I'm just like we're rebuilding. Uh, you know, the common denominator there is who's in charge. Uh, beyond the, the head coach and the coaching staff. And, you know, I just – I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I, I know that nobody can stay on top forever. Right. Uh, things do change, although Alabama's kept it going for a while um, and Ohio State's been strong. Did you see – I mean, with all the resources Florida ha- has to at, at its disposable, as, at, you know, being a large school, I think – and correct me if I'm wrong, we're the largest uh, – attended university in the sec or if not the largest two in the top two uh in the state a lot a lot of things are in the advantage of the university did you could you like envision this 15 years ago like it going to this level so fast oh that's a hard question to answer because i think when you're let's take alabama and georgia right now okay as two weeks ohio state your, your exact question, PG, could you have seen this 15 years ago? Let, let's look 15 years into the future, you know, with Alabama and Georgia. Would anybody at those schools now think that they would be, you know, 6-6 six and six or whatever that is 15 years from now? The answer is no. No, because you live in the moment. 
and you think you're going to be on top forever, even though history proves no one stays there. But you know when you're in the, when you're in it, when when Florida was winning with Steve and winning with Urban, I mean, did anybody think you know Florida was going to go back to being you know six and six and going to the Birmingham Bowl? No, no. All right, PG, thank you. Twelve sixteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Jewelry Johnny C hang in gets you ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. Good afternoon. This is Bryce Mitchell. The Florida men's basketball team will play the LSU Tigers tonight in Baton Rouge. The Gators are 8-7, and seven, breaking their three-game losing streak on Saturday against Georgia. This is the Gators' fourth SEC game and our 1-2 in conference. Make sure to tune in here tonight at 6.30 to catch the game. Tim Tebow, former Gator quarterback, has been elected into the College Football Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Tebow will be the 10th Gator player to enter the Hall of Fame, and since 2006, there have been seven UF inductees. Buholz High School men's basketball team play Ocala Forest tonight at 7.30. Buholz is 8-9, and, and Ocala Forest is 11-4. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. This is Bryce Mitchell. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch really helps at-risk young boys. It's what they do, ladies and gentlemen. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch is in Palatka, and they exist through your donations of vehicles, used or unwanted vehicles, cars, boats, RVs, motorcycles, trucks, just about any kind of vehicle, they can use it. So please consider donating it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Because the kids there take these vehicles, fix them up, and then resell them. It helps them learn real-life skills because they do repair the vehicles and resell them. And your donations are tax-deductible. It really does help a good cause. Your generosity here works wonders. To find out more and to find out what the Road Heaver Boys Ranch is and what it does, you can go to... Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and you can find out more. Are you busy with work, family, and after-school activities? Give your kitchen the night off and let Miapa do the cooking for you. With scrumptious comfort food and a variety of family meals for all sizes and palates, everyone is picking up dinner from Miapa. Stop by the Jonesville location or the Alachua and Gainesville Staples. Order ahead at www.miapalatincafe.com and pick up from any one of their three locations or drive through for your meal at the Jonesville and Gainesville locations. Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the best family meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about their award-winning coffee that's always made with Cuban love and available from sunrise to late night. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Resolve to recycle more, recycle paper, bottles, and cans directly, and recycle old clothes by donating them. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast, even if your symptoms feel mild. Ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCovid19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. 
people who suffer from arthritis are getting real pain relief with exciting biologic therapies at QC Kinetics. The success rate is there and there's no better way to treat yourself when it comes to dealing with pain. Meet Tyler Vale, co-founder of QC Kinetics, who says they can't cure arthritis, but they can treat the pain. If you think of the tide coming in and out on the beach and what it does, it erodes the sand, right? can't stop the tide, but eventually when the sand or the beach gets bad enough, when we backfill that beach with sand so that we get generations of enjoyment with that beach again. And the same thing happens with your knee or your shoulder or your hip or your back. We want to backfill the problems that have happened to this point. I'm not stopping the tide, so I'm not stopping the arthritis, but I want to get generations of enjoyment out of those joints again. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Learn more about how restorative biologic therapies can get you real and lasting joint pain relief. Call QC Kinetics. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Well, you did it. You're an adult now. And you know you're an adult because this is a commercial about saving money on your credit card balances, and that probably got you a little excited. Radiant Credit Union's Visa Credit Card has a super low introductory rate and no balance transfer fee. So now you can transfer your balances to Radiant, pay less interest, and clear that debt off faster. Pretty wild stuff, huh? Just wait until you start comparing fiber supplements. Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash balance to apply today and let us help you define your financial future. The WRUF Radio app. Your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Tony says Georgia's second string on both sides of the ball could transfer to UF and all start immediately. That's how big the talent gap is. Uh, the uh, the Saban thing with uh, the Georgia guy was great. If Saban had a knife, he would have stabbed him. Georgia did beat us 75 nothing in 1942. What was that like? Tony, I wasn't around then. I mean, I know I'm old, but no, I, I don't know. Uh, Daryl says, I'm afraid Georgia isn't going away anytime soon. Everybody's chasing them, including Alabama. Johnny C., what's up? Hey, what's up? What happened to you, Johnny C.? Johnny C., your phone went kaput. Bill, welcome. Yeah, I want to say a few things about our fans, which I have a major problem with. Uh, We recruited, I believe it was 17 four-stars this year. If you look at what Georgia's recruited in the last four years, they've recruited 72 four- and five-star players. Now, any way you cut it, that's a pretty equal par with the exception that they've recruited, uh, I think, 12 five-stars, and we haven't recruited five-stars. However, if you go back to Kirby Smart's first year of full recruiting, he didn't set the world afire. Plus, reportedly, uh, Georgia was paying money under the table before NIL, but we won't get into that. But we as fans are entirely too critical. Uh, Tennessee's been down. Alabama was down until Saban came back. 
LSU's been down. What goes up comes down, and you are not going to stay on top forever, no matter who you are. And I think Saban may even be realizing that a little bit now, even though he's still recruiting well, but he didn't coach very well this year because they had a tremendous amount of errors. But we as fans tend to make a big deal of how bad we are. Nobody wants to be 6-6, six and six, but somebody has to be. And I wish the fans would would ease off on Billy Napier. We lost Mike White, who was a pretty good coach because of fans. Uh, I don't know that we don't have better, but that's neither here nor there either. But we as fans should not run off coaches. And that's exactly what what we can do as fans if we – and it doesn't help recruiting as well. Uh, when you when you look at our four-star average, four weeks before signing date, we were ahead of Alabama and Georgia in average stars per committee com- committed recruit. But and that but that doesn't me, but that doesn't mean anything at the time. It doesn't mean anything at the time. And even now, we're very very close to the average stars that they got in their recruiting class. It doesn't mean a thing because they haven't played. Right. And a lot, a lot of the five stars turn out to be prima donnas that don't end up being as good as they think. But I think he has done, Billy Napier has done a very phenomenal job in recruiting in his first full year. And I think if NIL wasn't be involved, we would have a top one or two or three recruiting class because I think his staff and he – are that good of recruiters. All right. But his theory on NIL is I'm going to take care of the people that have proven themselves, and I'm not going to get into a bidding war for a 17-year-old kid. All right. And in the long run, I think that will pay off. All right, Bill. I appreciate your comments. Thank you, sir. James, welcome. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, let me ask you a question. Um, the NFL, what day of the week are they known for playing their games? I think we all know the answer to that. Right. And college football, what day of the week are they known for playing their games? We know the answer to that. Why is a college football final championship game on a Monday night? Uh, Because – go ahead. Is it a ratings thing? I mean, is it proven that this does well? Yes. I'm amazed at that. I really am. Yeah, it, it does do well. And, and so SoFi Stadium, right, not a college stadium by any means, uh, but not even, you know, really doesn't host any other bowl games. Uh, where's the game next year? No idea. You know? I haven't even looked. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. You know, they didn't allow tailgating. It just, it, 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 I mean, the, the announcer said it didn't feel like a corporate audience in the, in the stands, which well, is good. And let me also tell you why the game isn't on Saturday, because there were two NFL games on Saturday. Yeah, but no, yeah, but know, that's I, a big deal. There's, there's no, there's, there's not even a close. Yeah, but you don't want to. The NFL out, out distances college football in terms of ratings. Understand. So that's understand. why you don't want to go up against it. Yeah, understand. But I, the NFL can, you know, they don't, they can do a Monday. Uh, no, you know, they, they, they can't. That Monday night. No, they're not gonna. Well, they're doing next Monday. No, right. But I'm saying they're gonna do what they're going to do. They're going to do what's best for their league. 
they don't care about college. They could care less. So they're going to do what they do. So if you're college, I I get it. Every college game, most every college game, is played on a Saturday. All right. So you're going to have your marquee game going up against NFL games. I, I don't think that makes sense. Well, and, and a lot of the advertising is done in package deals, anyways. You know, it's not just not just a championship game. But I'm just I'm just interested to see if the advertisers get their uh, get their points rating after this one. It'll be interesting. Okay, thank you for your call. I would imagine they do, or you know, they wouldn't put it there. But if, if you're going to tell me that college doesn't look at what the NFL does, you've got your head in the sand because the NFL is king. It, it is, in terms of ratings, in terms of all of that, it is. And college is going to take advantage of venues that will house an NFL team. You're not going to always have the game played at a college stadium. 1228, Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. World-class fishing, crystal blue waters, endless sunshine. There's so much about Florida's waterways to enjoy. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission encourages you to take part in the National Spring Aboard Campaign and take a boating safety course today. You can take the course in a classroom or online. Just make sure you take a course. The knowledge gained by taking a course will make you and your family and friends safer and allow you to have more fun out on the water. To learn more, visit Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. Here's an unexpected, unplanned, and unprecedented buying opportunity from International Diamond Center. A massive store-wide clearance sale. Now through January 15th, IDC's on a mission to clear out excess inventory. We've slashed prices on a multi-million dollar selection of rings, earrings, pendants, bands, bracelets, and more. You save 20, 30, even 40% on selected pieces of exquisite jewelry. And because IDC doesn't play the mark-up-to-mark-down game, you know these discounts are the real deal. Hoop earrings. Save 33% off IDC's already low price. Diamond stud earrings marked down 28%. Fashion bracelets 30% off. Fancy yellow diamonds save an incredible 40%. Extreme values in virtually every category. If you have a special occasion coming up this year or if you just love an unbelievable deal, you can't miss this special savings event. It's IDC's surprise clearance sale with unprecedented discounts store-wide. Outrageous savings. Now through Sunday, January 15th only and only at International Diamond Center. Get showroom direction store hours and learn more at shopidc.com. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Medicare Open Enrollment is October 15th to December 7th. Volunteers with the Florida Department of Elder Affairs Shine Program are available to help with your Medicare questions, virtually or by phone during COVID-19. Shine is open and ready to help you with local and unbiased counseling and assistance. Visit floridashine.org or call the Elder Helpline at 1-800-963-5337. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Sky staying mostly sunny throughout the day and with a cool breeze from the north. High temperatures getting into the mid to 60s. Tonight, mostly clear skies turning cold once again for our Wednesday morning. Lows in the lower 40s and upper 30s. A little bit warmer tomorrow afternoon with highs getting into the lower 70s. Areas of patchy fog to kick off our Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon highs in the upper 70s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm Megan Borowski. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> What do you do if you're the Raiders moving on from Derek Carr? Does it make sense that if Tom Brady wants to play next year, would he play for the Raiders? And and my source said, it's not a given that Josh McDaniels would want Tom Brady. He might want Jimmy G. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We are your home for Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. Reaction to the game last night, Gator Hoops game tonight, anything else on your mind? Many of you have emailed or texted me about next year's game being in Houston. Matter of fact, uh, Houston gets the Final Four this spring and next season's uh, playoff final. Pretty good. Ralph says, uh, not a championship game, even UGA fell asleep. Not sure what that means. Uh, Larry says, who's the better quarterback? I think it's unquestionably Stetson Bennett, but I'm guessing Anthony Richardson will be taken much sooner, higher in the NFL draft. Your thoughts, please. Larry, it's that question, uh, and just because you're using Bennett and Richardson in this case, is one that will be debated forever. You have a 25-year-old guy who has developed into a pretty good player, but I don't know that I've I've seen him in any mock draft as a first-rounder. Anthony Richardson is in about every one of them. Why is that? If I said to you right now, or if I answered your question, Stetson Bennett is the better quarterback, who who has the most ceiling, the most potential, without question, is Anthony Richardson, although Stetson Bennett is a decent runner. You know, he, he's, he's not dynamic, but he's pretty quick. So if I had to say who's the better quarterback today, it's Stetson Bennett, but I'll also say this, he has a lot more talent around him than what Richardson did. Andrew, hello. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, do you think Georgia, now that they're kind of the top dog, that uh, people will go after their coaches, try to take them, try to take their players? And Will Muschamp has got to be a big target now, and all their players, uh, 
through the transfer portal, they gotta be. They're just sitting on the bench, basically. Well, I think it depends on a who goes. The players have to decide who goes in the portal. Coaches don't. If players aren't satisfied, they enter the portal. So the question becomes, you know, do they? Are some of them going to go in there? Sure, because some they've already gotten. It, it's a, it's much easier now for a Georgia player, in my opinion, to transfer since you've already won a championship. But why do most players transfer? Because they want to win a championship. So why would you leave Georgia when you have a chance to win again? Yeah. What about their coaches, though? I mean, they got to be. Well, I mean, I think Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, would probably probably be the guy who might get a look. Uh, I'm not sure about Will. Um, but I'm sure, again, Georgia will do everything it can to retain him and think about it. All the head coaching vacancies have been filled. That's, yeah. that's one of the things that happens when you play this late. Then, you know, the coaching vacancies that have come up have been filled. So Munkin's going to stay unless something weird happens. All right, thank you. Okay, Andrew, thank you. D, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Uh, talk about the Georgia program. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson had a quote, it, it, uh, the coach of the Cowboys and the Dolphins. He said, uh, do you want to be good and safe or do you want to take a chance and be great? And the reason why I bring that up is, you know, Mark Rick averaged, what, nine wins a season at Georgia? I mean, that's – most programs, that's pretty good. He'd be there a lifetime, but – you know, those fans demanded greatness. That wasn't good enough for him, uh, for the Georgia fans. And, you know, they got Kirby Smart. Uh, you know, they spent money, facilities, uh, and they got coaches. And Kirby is the head of the state. Uh, he's a relentless recruiter, man. You, We heard the quote last year, no coach is going to out-coach recruiting. And, you know, they've made a commitment on the football level, facilities, off-field staff, and it's showing you don't recruit at that level unless you have all of the necessary things in place from an infrastructure uh from an infrastructure uh part. So uh you see it with Georgia, you see it with Alabama, even Alabama's basketball program, Steve. Uh whoever thought they'd be this good. So I mean there's a commitment on every level at UGA and it's showing right now and until we make that commitment uh in that level uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be chasing them, and you know that's that's just the bottom line, man. We've got to have a commitment from every level. Agreed. And you know, to answer a question earlier that was posed in a phone call about fans, I'm I'm gonna tread very lightly here, but D, I'm gonna see if you agree with this. Obviously, when you have a program that is used to winning and it doesn't all of a sudden, well, if, if a fan base is spoiled, if a fan base thinks it deserves better for some reason, then you get an antsy fan base that will run a coach off more quickly than perhaps some other ones would. Mark Rick was there a long time. And as you mentioned, 
wasn't terrible, but he didn't get him to the mountaintop. This guy did, and a lot of other things had to go right. And I think the thing you talked about was the commitment. So I think that's the key here. And that goes with NIL. That goes with the collective. That goes with a lot of things. It is my opinion that Florida lags behind in that for whatever the reason. I don't know that it's a huge factor in holding them back, but I think it has to have some effect. Yeah, Steve, I just I just think, man, you should never stop chasing greatness. I mean, I, I can give you two more examples. In the NFL, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they were winning with seven, eight games with Jameis Winston. Then they went out, got Tom Brady, won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They wanted more. They were not satisfied. They went out and got Matthew Stafford, won the Super Bowl last year. So I just think at any level of sports, you should, you're not going to win all every year, but you should never stop chasing greatness. Okay. Appreciate you, D. Thank you for your call. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Peyton says, let me congratulate the Gators on their win over Georgia Saturday, which is his team. My question is this. If Florida-Georgia game was played like baseball, they played three games in a row for three days, you feel that UF would sweep or win the series or lose the series. Are you, are you assuming basketball there, Peyton? Because I, 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 it's not – I think because you mentioned basketball earlier, if they played three games in a row, uh, no. I think where the, where the teams are now, it'd be two to one. I think, I think somebody – and again, <clears throat> where are they playing them? That's the other thing, right? If, you, if you're going to play three games in Gainesville, back to back to back, you know, Florida has a better chance to sweep. Vice versa, if Georgia, right? So, but I think if you played, you know, they're, they're, I think they're fairly evenly matched, and I think Georgia would win one of them, if that's the question you're asking. Let's get to Chris. Chris, hi. Steve-O, um, you know, I think the talk the last year or so has been about the fan base being patient, and I think we've actually gotten into huge arguments, uh, the multiple sides of the fan base for being patient or too patient or not patient enough. But when we're having that conversation, it's done in a vacuum. It's done, I think you mentioned it to a guest you had on last week. We have the patience conversation as if Florida is just allowed to build the program as it wishes. The preseason top 25 next year has Georgia, Tennessee, Florida State, and LSU in the top 10. Yep. That's, at a, that's at a direct cost to Florida on and off the field. And so I think it may take longer than what we thought, we may be at Nebraska-level death of the program. I hate to say it. But I think that what I want to hear from you, Steve, and I know this is going to sound like I'm being funny, when Gator fans get filled with hope this offseason and we're clamoring for Brashada to be a Heisman winner, as you know we will do, um, I, I want to quell some of our, like, what we think we are versus what we actually are. And I think you have a unique perspective on this. For 20 years you watched your rivals win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl while you guys hung out in the cellar. And I, and I, we, as Gator fans, we don't really know what that feels like for like thir- the last 30 years at least. 
We're about to watch Georgia rip off five, six, seven national titles while we are Missouri-level good, seven, eight wins a year. And so how do you deal with that? How do you think we should deal with that? So we're not calling you and so we're not calling and crying every single week. If we go into the season with the expectation that Florida is not what we used to think we were and we have different expectations, I bet we don't cry as much. Um, not that we shouldn't. We should be good here at Florida. We should win championships. I, I know you don't like that word should. I think we should win championships, but we are not who we think we are. And, I, you know, I just want to see how you dealt with that as a fan. And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, thank you. Let me put my fan hat on here now. After a while, and I look, I cannot speak for every – I'll just use the Jets in this case. But sometimes – you get so bad for so long that you expect things to go badly. If you get the first pick in the draft, that pick's going to be a bust. You get a great pick in the first round, he's going to get hurt. You get a great pick in the first round, he's not going to pan out. You, you think you draft a, a, a really good quarterback he stinks. It's almost become self-fulfilling. And that's hard. That's really hard because you should be better. But look, I'm a realist. The Jets as a franchise have not been very good most of the time. With Namath, you know, they got to the playoffs a couple of times, won the Super Bowl. Richard Todd and that group, you know, got to the playoffs a few times. But more times than not, they've been awful. I don't mean bad, awful. So your expectation becomes lower. Well, let's take your point. Let's assume for the second Florida continues to be 7-5, and 6-6. Six and six. Eight and four. The longer that happens, in my opinion, the expectation is that's what it's going to be. I think that's human nature. Twelve forty-five. Time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, ninety-eight one FM, eight fifty AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, ninety-eight one FM, eight fifty AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Scarla Cooney. Gator men's basketball has their next matchup tonight in Baton Rouge as they take on the LSU Tigers. Florida is coming off of an 82-75 win over the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. and catch coverage beginning right here at 6.30. Florida women's tennis will be competing in the Freeman Memorial in Las Vegas starting this Friday, January 13th through January 16th. At the high school level, several basketball matchups tonight, both boys and girls. Five games for boys hoops, including Buholtz versus Ocala Forest. Seven matchups for the girls, including Ocal versus Chiefland. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Scarlett Cooney. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Congratulations, everyone. You might not have noticed, but you have traveled over 92 million miles last year in your trip around the sun. It's been quite a journey. As we begin this new year, I've got a question. Who is at the center of your universe, you or Jesus? 
Hundreds of years ago, astronomer Copernicus proved that the sun was at the center of the solar system, not the Earth. And while most of us know this, at that time, it completely revolutionized the understanding of the universe. In a similar way, many of us need to experience a revolution in our spiritual lives. You see, we tend to center our lives around ourselves, much like trying to make the sun revolve around the earth. Yet the Bible says that everything is being created for him and through him. So isn't it time to make your life revolve around Jesus? This is Brian Wright, looking forward to this year's trip around the sun, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. This message is brought to you by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help regularly remove your personal information like your name and address from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more. Discover.com slash online privacy protection. That's discover.com slash online privacy protection. We all drive. Sooner or later, we're going to have to replace our tires. I trust the experts at TireRack.com. For over 40 years, they've been revolutionizing tire buying. Go to TireRack.com slash radio and tell them what you drive. They'll show you tires that are a perfect fit. Not sure where to start? Their easy-to-use tire decision guide shows you the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Their extensive selection includes the full lineup of hand-cooked Ventus, Optimo, and Dynapro tires. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We're proud to be your home for Gators basketball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gators head men's basketball coach Todd Golden, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Thank you, Todd Golden. Tonight, Gator basketball right here. All right, call us up. Good show today. Coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, Seth Greenberg from ESPN will talk college hoops. And Chris Blair, the voice of LSU, will talk about the Tigers. Mark said, earlier caller today said Kirby didn't light the world on fire with his 2017 bump class. That's not true. It was ranked number three and included four five-star recruits. Swift and Fromm uh, headlined that class. Uh Yes, I didn't know it was that high, I, you know, but he has, he has recruited well almost from the start. Tim says the Gators are currently ranked 11th in recruiting and ranked 63rd in transfer portal recruiting. To the caller that said if we weren't in the NIL era, well, we are in the NIL era. We're either in or out with pay for play. That, Tim, is spot on. And if it's reality or perception – or little of both, I believe a lot of people think that Florida is behind things when it comes to the world of NIL. Just telling you. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Steve. Uh, Great show as usual, my man. Um, I'm kind of hearing a a forecast of, you know, the woes that the Gator Nation has concerning this football team and the and in the the future to come, and I've kind of bit my tongue through the season because um, I, you know, it seems like a bad omen to bring it up. The reason why we lost five games that were basically within one 
score, or possibly two, even against the George Bulldogs, is depth. Period. Quality depth at that. Let me make that emphasis. Quality depth. That is the reason why we can't stand up and play four quarters worth of football anymore. We get a quarter here. We get a quarter there. We don't have the depth. We go all the way back to to McElwain's class. He couldn't even play an orange and blue game because we didn't have an offensive line to put on the field. And then Dan Mullen comes in, yes, he, he did well, but he had to plug and play with the transfer portal. You know, look at Georgia. Look at Alabama. Look at Clemson. How many kids do they take out of the transfer portal? I mean, let's be real. And I know that's a redundant question. But do you get what I'm saying? I, I, as far as the NIL goes, everybody is trying to wonder what the heck's going on with that right now. No, this that's is- not true. Look, Florida State has completely reworked their roster through the NIL and getting a couple of guys like Verse and Travis to come back. That's why they're preseason ranked number four. They have now. One can argue that that's not something that's going to sustain, right? If you don't do well in high school recruiting, right? I, I, that, that at least is an argument I could hear. But Florida State has done twenty-four-seven sports had them rated number one in terms of efficiency in the transfer portal. Okay. I get it, and plenty of teams we've seen have been rebuilt through the transfer portal, but they don't have that sustainability. Well, that that remains to be seen. That's correct. As somebody pointed out earlier, Florida's recruiting class, because they just got that kid the other day, is now 11th. It's 63rd in transfer portal. So, Yeah, I I just think that that's something that, that also needs to be put on the table, that the lack of depth, in my opinion, has cost us one, possibly a 10-point gain here and there throughout the season. Easily, we should have, could have, maybe possibly had an 8-4, 9-3 season, first season with Billy Napier and his staff, if we had quality depth. And it has to be a balance. And that's why I say this NIL thing, transfer portal, is all new territory, even though we're only a couple years, we're a couple years into it, especially with the first-year coach. Finding that balance, right? So, you know, we're definitely agreeing on that. I just don't hear enough of depth being a great concern. Well, it's not just depth. It's the quality of the depth. Absolutely. Okay. But let's take a look at the starters, right? If you take Torrance, it's going to be a first-round draft choice probably, but he was a transfer. Richardson could be a first-round draft choice on potential, right? Now, what about some other guys? Justin Shorter's going in the draft. Rashad Torrance is going in the draft. Are they first-round, second-round guys? No. I would say, I would say second-round. Shorter's no. probably a no. second-round. No, no, no. Round, in my opinion. Well, I mean, we'll see, but I don't think so. And, and Dexter, we'll see. My point is... I don't. I think the depth issue that you bring up is accurate. I do think that that the drop off from one to two may have been pretty steep. 
but the ones don't nearly match up with the big boys. They don't. I agree, and I think, you know, like I said, as far as the balance, I, I'm not disqualifying, you know, uh, transfer portal altogether. You have to pick and choose what fits your system and the character of the guys coming in, most importantly, but the balance there. And I believe that this staff is starting from the ground up. Obviously, that's obvious. We saw how many people have gone to the transfer portal so far from the team that we're going to be young across the board. All right. And I prefer and I believe I believe quality teams that can sustain a winning culture championships has to be built from the ground up. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate your call. Get Rick here. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Uh, just a couple comments here. Uh, I know I'm taking a little bit exception to your word spoiled fans. You've used it before, Steve. I don't particularly care for it. I do think the word you got right is expectation. Uh, yeah, there's an expectation once you've been to the mountain, as you say. Uh, you've been there before. You've been there a few times. And I think the bigger word should be frustration of what the fans have because, yeah, it's expected. You know, it may not be a feeling you recall. I know the New York Jets, Jets haven't been anywhere since 69 or made it anywhere. And, and maybe that feeling's gotten a little lost with you. But, yeah, once you've been there, you kind of – you kind of expect it, and the frustration of not getting back, I think, is the bigger problem. I don't like the word spoiled, but frustration I could buy. Uh, that's that's one comment. Well, but let, me, let about, me stop you there and, and comment on what you just said. Where does the frustration stem from? It's I ste- use the word feeling. No, no. I mean, in other words, the, where does the frustration from the fan base stem from? It's not winning. Time. It's not winning. Well, it is winning. It is winning, but it's the time it's taking to get back. Right. You know, when Spurrier in the 90s, then we come right back 10 years later and do it again. We're over 10 years now getting back into that hunt if it's going to happen. And the word if, I hate, but there it is. Yeah. And, and I'm telling um, you, Al, and I'll use the word spoiled, okay, because there are, you know, Alabama's fan base is spoiled because of the success that they've had. That goes with the territory. When you're really good for a long period of time, you do get spoiled to some degree. And you just expect to roll out teams that just keep winning. And that's hard to do. And that's why guys like Saban and what Smart's done, uh, that's, that's pretty exceptional. Yes, I agree. Well, let me say this about this recruiting class. I don't care where and who names it, 10, 11, 12, uh, one of the things that people need to look back at, and again, I say give Napier's chance. We we went through all this stuff. You know, I was not a big fan of some of the players. I think he's been masterful in his whole way of approaching this washout of players that weren't very good without losing the whole team concept. And he kept the family issue thing, our family going, and, and recruiting went fairly well, all things considered that he was getting ready to have to figure out a way to dump this team, and he's done it. So it's going to change. It might take a, a few years for it to come back. But one of the things about this recruiting class that a lot of people aren't looking at is it may not be the biggest recruiting class like Alabama that took, I think, 27 highly rated, you know, great rated class, you know, big numbers. Uh, but Florida's class, I think it was one of the rating services, and it was a, a very notable national rating service, has this class percentage-wise of the quality of players when they grade them out 
at 5%, the top 5%. The class is not top 5%, but the percentage of quality based on all their four stars is at which 5%. Means, which means nothing five. at this point, but because, again, well, they got to play. They got to play, but the point is that suddenly we got a number that is a positive number where before the numbers didn't match anything and the players didn't match anything that was any good. So All right, really... Rick, thank you for your call. We're at the top of the hour. Hour two coming up. Seth Greenberg from ESPN will talk some hoops next. ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. WRUF Gainesville. U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM. You don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain. People with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics are the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring damaged tissue so you can move again with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain? If you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury, don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Here's an unexpected, unplanned, and unprecedented buying opportunity from International Diamond Center. A massive store-wide clearance sale. Now through January 15th, IDC's on a mission to clear out excess inventory. We've slashed prices on a multi-million dollar selection of rings, earrings, pendants, bands, bracelets, and more. You save 20, 30, even 40% on selected pieces of exquisite jewelry. And because IDC doesn't play the mark-up-to-mark-down game, you know these discounts are the real deal. Hoop earrings. Save 33% off IDC's already low price. Diamond stud earrings marked down 28%. Fashion bracelets 30% off. Fancy yellow diamonds save an incredible 40%. Extreme values in virtually every category. If you have a special occasion coming up this year or if you just love an unbelievable deal, you can't miss this special savings event. It's IDC's surprise clearance sale with unprecedented discounts store-wide. Outrageous savings. Now through Sunday, January 15th only and only at International Diamond Center. Get showroom direction store hours and learn more at shopidc.com. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Tuesday. And uh, talked a lot about the national championship game and football. We'll do more of that later in the hour. But now we're going to switch to hoops because it's always a pleasure when I can get on Seth Greenberg, who talks college basketball. You see him all the time on ESPN. Seth, welcome. Always good to have you, Coach. Uh, Steve, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Same to you. As we now enter uh, the second week of January here, Seth, what teams nationally have really impressed you to this point? 
you know, I mean, obviously everyone's been impressed with Houston. I think their backcourt is the best two-way backcourt in the country, especially now that Jarris Walker's starting to play well. They've been impressive. Now, I do worry that they get stuck offensively at times, but they've been impressive. Tennessee's been terrific. Now, in league play, what Tennessee's doing, they rebound like 60% of their their misses. They're shooting over 40 from the three. Uh, Viscovi's playing at a high level. They've got legitimate depth in their front court. Uh, Josiah James coming back. Gives them the ability to go big and small. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, to me, really impressive. Alabama has been, to me, the best team in the country right now, how they're playing. Their length and athleticism just can dominate the game. And then you got Brandon Walker on top of uh, Miller on top of that. Uh, they've got really good guard play. Jaden Bradley's been terrific for them. So uh, those guys have been really impressive. Kansas. Uh, you know, everyone talks about K.J. Adams, the, the big kid, and say, well, you know, K.J. Adams, he's their Achilles heel. He's had double-figure score points the last eight games. Connecticut's been good. So we've had good teams. Um, we've had some teams. The Blue Bloods are not very blue right now. <laughs> yeah. the, new, the new Bloods have emerged. <laughs> like, you know, Carolina and Kentucky and, you know, you go around the country, Villanova. The Blue Bloods are not very blue, but the new Bloods have emerged and, and are playing at a high level. That's pretty good. Um, Coach, you know Duke is still in, in the top twenty-five, but they've been slipping a little bit. How difficult is it? I mean, now look, we we saw what North Carolina did in replacing a legend, but how hard is it to replace a guy like Shashevsky and keep things up at Duke? Oh, it's hard. I mean, like because because the standard the standard is so high. If you don't go to the Final Four, if you don't compete for national championships, you haven't had a successful season, and to do that as your first coaching job is difficult. Uh, Jeremy Roach has got to get healthy. Uh, obviously, they they were fortunate to be Boston College the other day. Without Roach, there's a lot of pressure on those young guys. They're a younger team. Their best lineups are obviously when they play their veteran guys, but they're a younger team. So, Derek Whitehead being hurt early, uh, you know, that impacted them. Uh, Mark Mitchell is going to be very, very good. But uh, John Charles has got a tough job. He's got 10 good players, and sometimes having too many players is as bad as not having enough players. When you coached, some of the, I mean, it, it, you try to get the best out of your players always, but a guy that is an enigma to me for Kentucky is Toppin. You know, sometimes he'll come out and score 20, and then he won't score. It, it's been kind of odd to watch that. When you watch Kentucky offensively, Coach, what do you see their issue is? Kentucky doesn't have probably the fourth and fifth best players in the, in the, in the SEC. And I know that's sacrilegious to say. People go, oh, wait a second. Well, that's just a fact. I mean, uh, I see Jacob Toppin as a guy who's an if. Uh, I'm not sure he believes in himself as much as Cal believes in him. I think when, you know, I, got, you know, I, I say this to some coaches that I mentor, uh, you've got to get to the next play, whether it's a good player or a bad player's player. And what I mean by that is you, know, you knock down a shot, but you've got to get to the next play and get a stop or, you know, and work that much harder because people are going to try to take you out of the game. And then if you, if you, if you miss some shots, which you know, Toppin misses some shots, he, he kind of goes in a shell. He's got to trust himself as much as maybe the coaches trust them and stay aggressive. And, you know, and, and that, and that's a problem. You know, I, I think when you look at, at this Kentucky team, you know, they've got, they've got voids. They literally don't have a small forward. You know, Chris Livingston's going to be a very good player, but as a freshman, he's not ready to be that guy. Casey Wallace is an NBA player. Oscar is a terrific college player. Jacob Toppin needs to believe in himself more. Savio Wheeler is a guy that puts up numbers, but he's done them. You know, basically, he put up numbers on a losing team at Georgia, and you know, he's defensible. Antonio Reeves transferred from Illinois State. You know, was a leading scorer on a bad team. 
you know, they haven't had C.J. Frederick, who's their best post feeder, can make shots. So there's voids in their their, their lineup. John's got to figure it out. Uh, I think they still can be an NCAA tournament team, but you're right about Toppin. He's got to believe and trust himself. Seth Greenberg joining us here from ESPN, talking college basketball. This week, Coach, Big 12 and the SEC each led with five ranked teams. In your view today, it could change in two weeks, but who's got the best conference in men's college basketball? Those two. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was really good, but I, I think Tennessee and Alabama can go to the Final Four. Uh, I really do. I think Tennessee and Alabama can go to the Final Four. When I look at, when I look at the Big 12, uh, you know, I think the style of playing the Big 12 is so tough. It's such a good defensive conference. They keep on one side of the floor most of the teams. It's physical. It's tough. Uh, but I look at the Big 12, and I, I see Kansas. You know, Baylor's not playing it as well. You know, we talk about blue bloods. Kansas is a blue blood right now. They're not. Uh, I mean, Baylor's not playing as well. Kansas State has emerged. They're one of the new bloods. Uh, I don't think the, they have the number of Final Four teams, potentially, that the SEC has. But, uh, but top to bottom, it might be a better league. Because I don't think there's a bottom to the Big 12. But if you're looking at just the best teams – I think probably the SEC is better. Yeah, the Bears unranked for the first time in like uh, in three or four years. Uh, who is you? Do you have a surprise team? Has a team uh, done a little better than maybe you thought it would do at the start of the year? Well, Kansas State's blown my mind, and as more I watch them, the more I like them. Marquise Noel, the little guard, is a you know, transfer from Arkansas State, played there last year. He's been just sort of phenomenal. And then you got Keontae Johnson. And let, let's face it, I mean, like, you know, thank goodness he's alive and well. He, people forget that guy was the SEC preseason player of the year. Yep. And, he, and he's playing like it right now. I mean, he's playing at a ridiculously high level. He's averaging about 23 points a game over his last four games uh, and, and doing the things that you guys have got used to watching him do. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, so you take him and then you got uh, the kid Tomlin, the 6'11 shot blocker. Uh, Kansas State's been uh, a, a huge surprise. Ohio State, I really like, even though they lost a couple games. Ohio State and Rutgers in the Big Ten are two teams that I think are much better than people think. I think Marquette is much better than people realize. They got one of the best passes in the country, Tyra Cola, who transferred from George Mason. Uh, and then. Uh, Oso Igadaro is a frontcourt player that can protect the rim, can really pass, can make plays. So those are some of the teams that I think, kind of, if you look outside the box, you know, you, you come in into the season, uh, and then maybe Purdue. You know, Purdue was unranked in preseason. Obviously, Zach Eady's been phenomenal, short of, nothing short of phenomenal. But also, Mac Penner does a great job of getting him the ball in that left block, and those two freshman guards, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, have been really good for them. Final question for you, Seth. Uh, a committee recently uh, came out with possible expansion uh, of the NCAA tournament field. Two-part question. Are you in favor of that, and do you think the tournament field will eventually expand? Well, if it happened a while ago, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be preparing my team to play. But, uh, <laughs> you know, having, having, having said that, uh, here's where I think it's going to happen. I'm not sure if I did this with you before. I think what's going to happen eventually is we're going to have obviously these super conferences, probably five of them, and they're going to be 20 team leagues probably. And if you're going to have a 20 team league, you know you're going to need more teams in the NCAA tournament. So I think the, the tournament's going to expand, but it's going to be for those one bid leagues that are going to all play off each other. 
to get into the field. Like the playing game, it might be 90 teams. The playing group will be uh, an extended group of teams. So maybe like of the automatic bids, you might have 16 teams for eight spots in those playoff t- games, and they're going to all be the one-bid leagues. Because if, if you're a conference commissioner and you have 20 teams in your league or whatever you potentially have, you're not saying, well, yeah, if we get five teams in the tournament, we'll be good with that. You're going to want half of your teams in the tournament. Right. That's just the way it is. So, I mean, how do you get to 68? Well, you know, if you do that, and then, you know, obviously, you, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you know, the Big East, do they, do they join forces with the ACC and become that monster conference and half of the league doesn't play football? What happens to the Gonzagas of the world and the, and the Mountain Wests of the world? Do they combine with the Pac-12 or whatever, however, you know, the conference roulette plays out. But I, I do think that it will expand in a way that you will see the opening day, as they call it, and you know, the NCAA people call it, I call it the playing games. I think the playing games will be comprised of one big leagues that will play their way into the bracket. Hmm, that'll be interesting. Watch Seth Greenberg. He's on all the time talking college basketball on ESPN. Always appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for your time. You got it, Steve. Thank you. Seth Greenberg, uh, ESPN, talking college hoops. Well, the SEC, remember he just said, and here is a point in another sport I'm going to relate to football, okay? Alabama. We all know Anthony Grant, who I love to death, was at Alabama. And Anthony had some success there, but in the end wasn't the guy. You just heard Seth Greenberg say they might be a Final Four type team. Look how fast that happened. So it can be done. But most of the teams, not all, look at most of the teams in college basketball that are making strides. And you know why it is? The portal. Almost every analyst who's on television will say, "Oh yeah, this team's good because so they got so and so from George Mason, they got so and so from Temple, they got so and so from wherever." That makes a big difference. And in basketball, because of the number difference, one or two of those transfer portal type players can make you good fast. One thirteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Florida LSU, the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, joins us next. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Scarlett Cooney. Gator men's basketball is heading to Baton Rouge tonight for a matchup against the LSU Tigers. Florida is coming off of a win over Georgia on Saturday, while the Tigers have suffered two straight losses. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. tonight with coverage beginning right here at 6.30. Gator women's tennis will be competing in the Freeman Memorial in Las Vegas starting this Friday, January 13th. Big news for Florida's own Tim Tebow last night. The former Gator quarterback was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in his first time on the ballot. Tebow is now the 13th Gator to enter the College Football Hall of Fame. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Scarlett Cooney. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Congratulations, everyone. 
You might not have noticed, but you have traveled over 92 million miles last year in your trip around the sun. It's been quite a journey. As we begin this new year, I've got a question. Who is at the center of your universe, you or Jesus? Hundreds of years ago, astronomer Copernicus proved that the sun was at the center of the solar system, not the earth. And while most of us know this, at that time, it completely revolutionized the understanding of the universe. In a similar way, many of us need to experience a revolution in our spiritual lives. You see, we tend to center our lives around ourselves, much like trying to make the sun revolve around the earth. Yet the Bible says that everything is being created for him and through him. So isn't it time to make your life revolve around Jesus? This is Brian Wright, looking forward to this year's trip around the sun, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I would say that not only because they're absolutely the best, that they do pay attention and listen to each different patient and what their needs are, what their fears are, how they can help them through the, the different processes that you need to go through to have healthy teeth. And that's what's really important to me. It's the difference between night and day, just having the absolute best and know that that's what I have and um, I'm healthy. And I know that that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life because this is my team for the rest of my life. It's terrific. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Yeah, remember when all phones sounded like that? Hey, it's Brian Mudd, and I sure do. But you've got to go with the times, so go with Affinity Cellular. Affinity is offering three months free service and a free flip or smartphone with a 30-day guarantee. Happy with your current phone? That works, too. Get unlimited talk and text for as little as $15 a month. Get started right now at Affinity, with an A, Cellular.com. Affinity Cellular, everything you need and nothing you don't. This is Mark Wise with ESPN. And this is Steve Russell with WRUF. Introducing our new show, Hoop There It Is. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. as we talk hoops, gators, the SEC, and the top games in all of college basketball. You can also listen to the show on iTunes, Facebook, and WRUF.com. And also listen to the podcast anytime where podcasts are available. Hoop There It Is. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Old friends will go back on the court tonight. LSU and Florida at the Maravich Assembly Center. LSU has, uh, I don't know what, I think it's maybe 12. Maybe Chris Blair, the voice of the Tigers, will know this. They've got a multi-game winning streak at the Maravich Assembly Center. Uh, Chris, good to have you. Um, You know, it's interesting. Some Florida fans were lamenting the fact that they got beat here by Texas A&M. You guys were beaten by A&M, and, uh, you know, they... 
They bully you. They mug you. They're really good in the front court. They out-rebounded you guys like they out-rebounded Florida. So where is this LSU team now? Well, I tell you, they're, they're in a tough spot early, you know, in the SEC race just simply because they got off to a great start, um, you know, with the win over Arkansas at home. Uh, played valiantly, came up short uh, at Rupp Arena against Kentucky, um, and still felt like, even though in that three-point loss, Steve, that you know, they were going to be able to make something out of that and move forward with some positives and then just completely broke down uh, over in the heart of Texas against Texas A&M. But, you know, your point is well taken. It, it was pure physicality. I mean, that's what the Aggies are going to do. I don't know that they're a great shooting team. In fact, numbers say they're not, but uh, they certainly were the more physical team, uh, seemed to bother LSU a good bit. Um, they pressured the ball pretty much three-quarter court the whole game, which a little surprising LSU didn't handle very well. That's not been a problem uh, for LSU most of the year as far as handling not only three-quarter court, uh, three quarter court, but even full-court pressure. But for whatever reason, the physicality was, well, was an issue. And then the rebounding. Um, you know, I talked to Coach McMahon uh, immediately following the game, and he said, hey, come hell or high water, we're going to learn how to rebound. Somebody is going to commit themselves to rebounding. Uh, and he probably mentioned that five times in the six or seven minutes that we talked. So, um, you know, I think it's an important game at home. Uh, you mentioned it, it's a 13-game home winning streak going back to last year. Um, so, you know, um, it's uh, it's an important game for LSU. I think to get their footing back because, uh, again, even though they were one and one after the first two SEC games, I think they felt like they were playing a lot better than they performed this past Saturday in Bryan College Station. You know, I know Coach McMahon's only thinking about this game, Chris, but we can speculate. You know, LSU after this has to go to Alabama and then Auburn, Tennessee. So this is a pretty important game to win at home, right? Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, again, that's been a pretty good job for Coach. Um, you know, it's a it's first-year staff. Uh, they had three returning players from a year ago. Coach McMahon brought three players from Murray State who had the successful run to the NCAA tournament last year. Um, but it's a team that looks like they're still learning to play together. And what I mean by that is you can take a look at each individual box score, non-conference and conference. And you will see where there are games where they don't protect the ball very well. Then the next game they'll come out, have single-digit turnovers, but they don't rebound at all. Uh, or they give up, you know, uh, nearly 50% field goal shooting to the opponent. So it almost seems like trying to stop the dam from bursting. You know, you're able to see a leak there, and you kind of plug that up, and as soon as you get that one secured, boom, here comes another one. And it just seems to be different issues. And, you know, it's, again, trying to find that consistency. Uh, and they can ill afford to, to look ahead beyond Florida. I mean, Florida's coming off that big win. Um, you know, I think uh, plenty of motivation for Florida in the game Saturday against their former coach at Georgia. Um, but, you know, if physicality is going to be an issue, uh, you know, beyond this Florida game, yeah, you you got plenty of physical teams coming up, including a very talented and physical team in Alabama. Uh, but not to mention the other two games uh, with Auburn and Tennessee. But it's got to be one game at a time, and it's got to be fixing their issues one game at a time, and that will be you know, handling pressure, rebounding, and protecting the basketball. And I know that sounds like, well, that sounds like 
what every team says before every game. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But because it was so egregious on Saturday, I mean, they have to improve. And let's face it, you know, Matt's pretty honest about the fact this is not a team built for dominating on the glass. And he says, you know, we can't, you know, expect to win the battle of the boards every night out, but we've got to hold our own. And we certainly can't be uh, down double digits uh, in rebounding. Um, maybe a, a place that a Gator fan could relate, Chris, is uh, you see Coach McMahon and what he's done stylistically. How is he different from what Coach Wade did with LSU? Well, I think defense is priority number one. I mean, I think Coach McMahon, number one, he's always had really good defensive teams. Um, so it's not as if this year is an anomaly. But I think for the most part, they've played well defensively um, because they have been inconsistent offensively. I mean, K.J. Williams didn't have a great game. He finished in double figures with 10 on Saturday. But for the most part, he's been the most consistent scorer as far as double figures go. Uh, and then you'll have maybe Adam Miller will have a big night. Sometimes he doesn't score very much. Uh, Trey Hannibal had really two great games against Arkansas and Kentucky uh, as far as scoring is concerned. Uh, got two early fouls Saturday. He only played five minutes in the first half. Um, but, again, because LSU has not got those consistent three or four double-figure scoring players, uh, and they have to rely on different guys other than KJ night after night, um, they kind of take the motto that defense travels, and that defense will give you a chance to be in every game um, if you stay consistent um, and you you know play smart defense without fouling. Uh, so I think you know <laughs> LSU in years past has been a team that would score eighty a game, but they might give up eighty two. <laughs> right. um, yeah. You know LSU this year would love to score eighty a game. I think if they did, they'd uh, have a much better conference record at this point. Um, so I think defensively is probably something that Florida fans will notice that is uh, at least should be uh, better than what they've expected in years past against LSU. Okay, always, and these teams always seem to play close games, so we'll see if that takes place again tonight in the Maravich Center. Chris will have the call uh, for the LSU Tigers. Always appreciate your time, Chris. Thank you for doing it. No, man, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to, yeah, uh, two teams to get after each other pretty much in everything. So it should be another <laughs> good one tonight. That is true. See you, Chris. Thank you. Chris Blair, play-by-play voice of the LSU Tigers. Both teams, by the way, one and two uh, in the league. Interesting little nugget here I dug up. Uh, again, some Gator fans were upset at losing to A&M. Uh, LSU's been out-rebounded in SEC games 113-88. to That's what he was talking about and what McMahon was talking about. And A&M out-rebounded LSU 38-27. to In the paint, A&M scored 42 points and LSU scored 10. So does that bode well for Colin Castleton? So if, if uh, LSU's having trouble, how will they defend that that'll be an interesting uh sidelight to tonight's game uh all right <clears throat> the rest of the day it's us 392-8255 you can email s russell at wruf.com hopefully tomorrow uh we will also uh have your thoughts and get your reactions to the game coming up tonight uh all right let me get to some emails here i got during the interview and we will go from there. Uh, 
I just lost my email here. Bear with me for a second here while I bring it back up. Um, oh, boy. Oh, well. I better... Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Bill uh, emails, and he says, Steve, if the Gators go to 1-3 and three and lose tonight uh, in the SEC... Uh, do you think they would be a? Uh, he's asking if they would be a tournament team. There's so many things. I mean, look, right now Florida isn't sniffing the NCAA tournament. Let's just be honest about it. They're they're not. Stephen says LSU's 12 and three playing at home tonight. Why is Florida favored by two? Maybe because of Castleton. Well, that goes above my pay grade when it comes to who's favored and who's not. But perhaps because of LSU's deficiencies in the paint. And Castleton may be having a nice night. 127 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WIUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Now that we have started a new year, think about ways you can help the environment. First, make the switch to green soaps and personal products and green cleaning products for the sink and shower. Use towels made from materials like organic cotton. And finally, make the switch to LED lights, which can last for many years and use very little power. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Congratulations, everyone. You might not have noticed, but you have traveled over 92 million miles last year in your trip around the sun. It's been quite a journey. As we begin this new year, I've got a question. Who is at the center of your universe, you or Jesus? Hundreds of years ago, astronomer Copernicus proved that the sun was at the center of the solar system, not the Earth. And while most of us know this, at that time, it completely revolutionized the understanding of the universe. In a similar way, many of us need to experience a revolution in our spiritual lives. You see, we tend to center our lives around ourselves, much like trying to make the sun revolve around the Earth. Yet the Bible says that everything is being created for Him and through Him. So isn't it time to make your life revolve around Jesus? This is Brian Wright, looking forward to this year's trip around the sun, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. 
skies staying mostly sunny throughout the day and with a cool breeze from the north, high temperatures getting into the mid to upper 60s. Tonight, mostly clear skies turning cold once again for our Wednesday morning lows in the lower 40s and upper 30s. A little bit warmer tomorrow afternoon with highs getting into the lower 70s. Areas of patchy fog to kick off our Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon highs in the upper 70s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jerry in New York. I think Aaron Rodgers is really a terrible teammate. Reminds me of a guy bad-mouthing another receiver on his team because he felt like he wasn't getting enough passes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I wasn't getting enough passes. What the hell you mean? They drafted me to give me the passes. They didn't draft me to yeah. stand around. Key, that Wayne Krebet was something else. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Before we take calls, I want to tell you about my friends at Southeast Car Agency 310 Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. They're open for another year. And folks, the Cousins family's been open for business for over 40 years. And in all that time, all they do is one thing. They give you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, the best and late model low mileage vehicles. Go online, secars.com. You can check out all the vehicles they have. And, of course, you can go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue. Test drive the vehicles. Eyeball them for yourself. And don't forget, they are really doing a great job of getting as many vehicles and a different variety of vehicles so you can get the best selection for your vehicle. But, again, if you want a new one, this isn't the place to go. The best in late-model, low-mileage vehicles from Southeast Car Agency, in Gainesville. All right, let's get calls. Uh, Tennessee Mike, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, Happy New Year if I hadn't shot one to you yet. Same to you. I want to zoom around real quick uh, with you here, get out of your way. Uh, uh, Excuse me, uh, Steve, a little basketball, football. Okay. Um, Little uh, buzz, keep your eye on uh, Cal to Texas. I don't know if that's hit ESPN or not yet or come up on your show today, but a lot of Cal to Texas buzz. Um, That's actually been something that's been out there. Um, Mike, and the reason is, if, if you believe that sort of thing, that Cal's run his course at Kentucky, right? And Mark Wise and I were doing the Hoop There It Is show yesterday, and I asked him about this. And he said, you know, one of the things that Calipari does, he acts like he was born and raised in the Commonwealth, and he wasn't. But, and I said to him, that's great that he feels that way, but... What's the fan? I mean, the fan base is as rabid as any. So maybe if things don't straighten out at Kentucky, then maybe he, maybe it has run its course. Hey, Steve, um, we all know it's all about TV, not about the fans this day and age. But in the SEC, we have five schools in the Eastern Time Zone. Um, do you have an opinion about Eastern Time Zone schools playing nine o'clock tip-off basketball games for TV? No. No. I mean, you you know going in what you're getting into. So, no. I mean, is it a pain? Yeah. But you know what that possibility is when 
you know, when the season starts. So you'd have to yeah, take I noticed, with. Uh, Yeah, I noticed Florida doesn't have one of those this year. Tennessee has two. But what that leads to is a central time zone schools with a 6 o'clock tip-off and Eastern time zone schools tipping off at 9. Just kind of seems like a screw job for the fans. And it could happen to Florida. Apparently not this year, but probably did last oh, year. Oh, it's happened before, sure. I, I don't I, like it. I don't like it. I don't see why they can't get together at Destin and say Eastern time zone schools don't have 9 o'clock tips. I, that's just common sense to me. Yeah, but common sense doesn't rule when it comes to television <laughs> and when it comes to making money. Hey, just two football things here real quick, Steve. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say the playoff, the 14 playoff, being kind of a closed society, namely for Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia. We all know it's coming to a close here before long. But have all four of those schools won multiple national titles in this 14 playoff? Georgia's won two back-to-back. I think Alabama's at least won two. I think Clemson's won two. Has Ohio State won two national titles in this 14 playoff arrangement? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, they were in there this year, but I, I it won there. But, you know, a lot of people like to get a fan that last hour mentioned frustration. I think all college football fans are frustrated that we all know what's going on. Kirby's going out there on the recruiting trail saying, hey, man, come here and go to the playoffs or go to Florida or Tennessee and go to the Citrus Bowl. Well, of course. That, that's, what I mean, he should, that's what he should do. Yeah, the Doug Dickey, uh, Steve's been saying for years they should expand this playoff. I guess it's better late than never on that, right? Hey, uh, one last thing, Steve. You consider this Georgia title this year? I think we all know they probably had the best talent, one through eighty-five. Do you consider this a little bit of a lucky uh, shake for Georgia this year, the way it all broke down in terms of winning it all? In what sense? Let me let me go. Let me throw it at you. Okay, um, uh, you know they beat Tennessee in, in Athens. Steve Hinton Hooker gets hurt. There's no Tennessee in the playoff. There's no second SEC team in the playoff. They didn't even have to see Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um, you know, you play who's before you. But uh, if you look at the NFL draft, usually the first round, usually half SEC players. Georgia got to not they, – they missed Alabama in the SEC championship game, and there was no second SEC team in the playoff. I consider that pretty lucky. That's the way it is. Uh, yeah, you, of course. You, you have to win the games yeah. in front of you. Yeah, but what, I mean, what I'm saying here is, is isn't it kind of nice for Georgia? They go, they miss Alabama, and there's no second t- SEC team in the playoffs. Well, let's flip that around. When they won the first time, they beat SEC teams. Yeah. just I think I consider it a nice break. All Hang right, Mike, thank you. Part of winning is getting breaks. Tony, hello. How you doing, Steve? Good. Yeah. Question, um, I, you know, I'm just listening to the fans there, and we talk a lot about Florida talent base. Um I'm one of those guys who feel like you know talent has Florida has wasted a lot of talent over the last couple of years. Um, I know that we you know we've had this conversation um, before. I think I had it with Shane about how I feel like the talent is better than what we perceive it as. And I, I use the 2020 team as an example. Um, that defense was horrendous, um, and. They, those guys probably have about nine or ten guys on defense that are making money, or have made money in the NFL. You know, most schools in the country are not not having that happen. They may have two or three guys on their defense, but you know, not not those numbers. Do you do you feel any way that you know what is it that why we perceive that you know we don't have talent versus you know performance? Well, I could probably spend the rest of the show discussing this but let's let's uh put it into perspective define talent if you're telling me that florida has more talent than 
Georgia or Alabama, that's just not true. They don't. Correct. Okay. Correct. And you could argue Ohio State. You could argue some other schools too. But let's take some of Mullen's kids and what the NFL thought of them. Okay? The poster child for that is Damian Pierce. Right? Fourth rounder. Now, part of that is running backs are a bit devalued in the draft now. But the point is, he was a fourth-round guy. And he had a nice year before he got hurt. So, is that wasted talent? Because, again, they had that three-back rotation, right? So, I don't know that Florida had top-tier talent, Florida does have drafted NFL talent that is playing in the league. So, you know, how do you judge that? Do you judge? Because a lot of the guys that are playing weren't high draft choices. They were fourth, fifth, sixth round guys who ended up panning out. So, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder there. Right. I think a better example would be somebody like Marco Wilson. Um, or James Houston, you know what I'm saying? Those guys were on yeah, that team. but where were they drafted? You know, you know. Where were they drafted? That's my point, mm-hmm. right? So in other words, you, you, can, you can make the argument either way. You can say, look, Houston, Marco Wilson, uh, Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, who made Dallas, right? T.J. Slayton. Yep. You know. So those guys are NFL guys who are in the league, and so there was talent. But then you could flip that and say, okay, but that talent was not viewed by the NFL as first or second round material. So I guess you have to, you know, whichever way you look. Okay. But yeah, not just like just going forward. I, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm always cringing when we, 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 you know, talk that we don't have talent. Yeah, talent. I mean, to, for people to say talent. there's no talent is crazy, but yeah. I think you have to be uh, realistic to say that Florida does not match up in talent when it comes to the Alabamas or Georgias and some of those other teams. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one last statement. Let's figure. I said, for those who say that, you know, Georgia um, second and third team guys will come to Florida and start, remember we got a uh, second team guy from Georgia last year that didn't start in Jalen Kimber. Now take the fifth off of that. All right. Also, Cox did start, but that's, you know, again, you can, for every point, you can make a counterpoint, but I get it. All right. Thank you. Uh, Let's see here. BB says, last night was kind of like a bad movie. Kept watching, thinking it would get better. But you know it's bad when not long after halftime, the other team starts taking timeouts to take his key players out of the game and hold many celebrations. Best part of the game was half. One of the guys at TCU could come back, and Desmond said something like, not a chance. Others were like, come on, we're trying to keep viewers. Uh, I don't care what they said. That, that, that You weren't going to keep viewers. John says, enjoying the program today as usual. Something that hasn't come up yet. I haven't heard is Georgia would have not been in the championship game except for a lucky break on a missed field goal. Yeah, they're good. Wish we had their recruiting class, but they aren't the monster so many people seem to make of them. Yeah, they are, John. Yeah, they are. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that field goal that was missed was 50 yards. That's not a chip shot. That's not, I mean, to say 
if you're going to tell me uh, a lucky break would have been missing a 25-yarder. But a 50-yard field goal, especially in college, is no gimme. And look, I don't care who you are. You look in a college season, and when you are successful, you, the reason you are successful is you win those kinds of games. You get the lucky break, if you want to call it that, that some other teams don't. That's, that's what also separates them. Joe says the Gators being 65th in the portal is extremely poor. Is this due to Napier not wanting to hit the portal very hard or because of a failure in recruiting? Um, I can't imagine that uh, Billy Napier wouldn't hit the portal hard because it's recruiting, right? I mean, it's you, you recruit the portal, you recruit high schools. I think the question becomes when you are transferring from a program – why are you transferring? Are you transferring for playing time? Are you transferring to play for a championship? So if you come to Florida, you have a chance to play? I think you do. Do you have a chance to win the championship? Eh. So, but maybe he doesn't attack the portal as much as a Florida State attacks the portal. I wish Billy Napier would be here to answer that. 144, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Scarlett Cooney. Gator men's basketball will take on the LSU Tigers tonight in Baton Rouge in a road SEC matchup. Florida is searching for a second SEC win this season after an 82-75 victory over Georgia on Saturday. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. and catch coverage beginning right here at 6.30. Florida track and field will be competing in the Clemson Invitational starting this Friday, January 13th. Big news surrounding Florida's own Tim Tebow, the Florida Gator cornerback, was elected into the College Football Hall of Fame. It was announced last night. Tebow is now the 13th Gator to be elected into the College Football Hall of Fame. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Scarlett Cooney. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. My partners had told me I should get my knee replaced. I was in my 40s, and I decided that I wouldn't do that. That's orthopedic surgeon Dr. John Herzog, who found regenerative medicine years ago and became a believer. It changed my life around. It improved me to a point where I was able to jog again. That's when Dr. Herzog switched his focus from surgery to helping his patients with natural biologics. I've treated at least 5,000 patients. I believe your body has everything it needs to heal itself. Today, you'll find Dr. Herzog at QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in this exciting field of medicine that can give lasting pain relief with no downtime, no drugs, and no surgery. I have patients coming up to me that I did 10 years ago saying, you know, Doc, my elbow's still working great. I'm playing tennis three days a week. Call QC Kinetics now to explore alternative ways to deal with your pain. It's a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Congratulations, everyone. You might not have noticed, but you have traveled over 92 million miles last year in your trip around the sun. It's been quite a journey. As we begin this new year, I've got a question. Who is at the center of your universe, you or Jesus? 
Hundreds of years ago, astronomer Copernicus proved that the sun was at the center of the solar system, not the Earth. And while most of us know this, at that time, it completely revolutionized the understanding of the universe. In a similar way, many of us need to experience a revolution in our spiritual lives. You see, we tend to center our lives around ourselves, much like trying to make the sun revolve around the earth. Yet the Bible says that everything is being created for him and through him. So isn't it time to make your life revolve around Jesus? This is Brian Wright, looking forward to this year's trip around the sun, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. The Gators are here. Gator Country. This is Florida Basketball on the Gator Sports Network. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Coming in February, Florida Gator Baseball, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. We hit the home stretch of Sports Scene for this Tuesday. Jake, how are you today? Hey, Steve. Well, all I can say is kudos go out to Kirby Smart and the entire Georgia Bulldogs football team for making the SEC look so good. And I think Kirby Smart's now putting his stamp on where people got to appreciate the guy. Only losing one game in two years, that's a tough act to follow, bud. And I, uh, unless something goes wrong, of course it always can, but I really wouldn't be surprised to see them be the first team to three-peat. Kind of like I wish we would have been with the basketball team we had. But, you know, I just... Brock Bowers coming back and some of them running backs and uh, just a lot of talent he's got coming back again, plus what they recruited. Less Alabama surprises somebody. You know, they could. They had the best recruiting year, I guess. But I thought the, they were just absolutely outstanding and played flawless. What do you think? Uh, I mean, they, got a, they were fortunate to win the semifinal game. Uh, and I think that that motivated them defensively. Now, TCU was not good. Duggan was not good last night offensively. I think Georgia defensively had a lot to do with that. But the thing that I think is underrated is the quarterback position, right? Stetson Bennett has been there, and now he's going to go. And whoever steps in is going to be an unproven commodity. So how well... Does that person play the position? Because if there's a pretty significant drop-off from Stetson Bennett, well, now your offense isn't as good. Other things could could come into play. Carson Beck, I think, if I had to guess, would be the guy that would have the first crack at it because he's been around the program. But that I understand why people are looking at them next year as being, you know, perhaps the team to beat. But that don't underestimate that position. Yeah, that's true. What's funny, you know, Stetson Bennett 
reminds me a little bit. I don't know what you think about the statement I'm about to make, but he reminds me only probably better than Buck Ballou. And I remember watching Buck Ballou play, you know, everyone kind of never thought he was that good, but he did one thing, and that was win. And that's what Stetson Bennett's done. He's been a winner. So Yeah, it's funny. Know, I was going to try to have Buck on the show today. He's probably celebrating. But, you know, he wasn't particularly high on Stetson Bennett, you know, for a long time. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure now he is. But, you know, for a long time he, he thought that Daniels or somebody else should be playing. And, look, give Bennett's a great story. No matter what he does, if he never plays a snap in the NFL, he is going to be legend in Athens. Legend. Yeah. Well, there's an old saying, Steve, like in, in the occupation I'm in, you know, oh, they're lucky, they're lucky. But you know what I've learned? The harder you work, Steve, the luckier you get. Thanks yeah. a lot. All right. Thanks, Bye. Jake. And the other thing with that, you heard Kirby Smart say it before the game, and he said it after the game last night. You cannot let complacency, or whatever that word is, creep into your program. Because if you do, it's bad. And even great programs have that happen. It happened with Urban Meyer here. Remember when he left, you know, the players, you know, running the hen house, so to speak? Entitlement uh, can, can really be awful. And that's hard. When you, now, granted, different people come in that maybe haven't won, so they're hungry, but it is very easy to succumb to that. And I think Kirby's done a really nice job in not letting that happen. Williams says, what are your thoughts on the LSU-Florida game tonight? Both teams have Texas A&M as a common opponent. Yes, and in that game, uh, both those games, A&M was dominant. Just, just physically beat both teams up. So, and both teams lost. So I'm not sure you take a lot from that, William, because both Florida and A&M, uh, I'm sorry, Florida and LSU didn't play you know, particularly well, but that has a lot to do with uh, the style of play A&M does. Bob says, what would be considered excellent shooting percentages in basketball from three-point free throw field? Can always shoot better, but then what would a coach or analyst say these numbers are pretty good? It depends on the player, right? I mean, if, if you are a, uh, a guy that shoots a lot of threes, then, you know, you don't want to be shooting 20%, 25%. That's not good. You want to be shooting, you know, 35%, maybe 40 And, you know, the further you go inside, then, you know, the higher your percentage should go. I mean, I think that's just, you know, the way that always goes. Um, and then, you know, as a free thrower, I think 70%. You're you're considered pretty decent as a free thrower, um, Philip. Uh, you think Mushan will get another opportunity to be a head coach, especially after being such a big part of the Georgia success on the field and in recruiting. I felt like the jobs he took at Florida and South Carolina both followed Hall of Fame exceptional coaches, and as they say, you don't want to follow a successful coach as he damaged goods. 
Uh, boy, Philip, I don't know about damaged goods, but I don't know that he would get another uh, big-time job, right? Could he go, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a school. I, I don't want to say Rutgers or some, you know, someplace like that maybe, you know, yeah, but I don't know that he would go to an SEC school again. I, I, I don't see that, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm friends with Will. I coached his son, uh, who's now at Georgia, by the way. Uh, so I'd be thrilled, but I, I don't know uh, that that would really happen. All right, uh, let's get a couple of last emails here. If you want to get a quick call in, you can. Uh, good program today, thanks to you. Good discussion about different things today. And I'm sure we'll have, you know, one more day to talk uh, about this. Tomorrow, a uh, Gator football player is going to join us as part of our uh, relationship we have with the Gator Collective. Uh, you'll hear from one of them tomorrow. And then we'll get your thoughts that's Jalen Farmer, by the way. And we'll get your thoughts tomorrow on what happens in the game tonight. And I'm hoping later in the week, if you're old and can remember, hope to have Frank Shorter on the program. Frank, a Gator, uh, came to school here from my hometown and uh, won a medal in the Munich Olympics in 72 really helped to popularize track here. Jimmy Carnes, uh, uh, people like Frank Shorter, and uh, hope to have him here because they're celebrating the 50th year, uh, the 50th anniversary um, of the uh, Florida Track Club. Uh, Jeff Galloway, I'm, I'm also there, uh, he won the gold at the Olympic Games. It was the first gold since the 08 Olympics and really shorter and guys like him really helped the track the, the running boom and track. I think that really helped. Um, so hopefully gonna get him to come on here. Uh, two last emails. Let's see here. Thomas, the first one. He says, great question. Um if the Gators fall to one and three with Missouri coming up, uh, again, it basically says how important is this game? They're all important. But again, you're asking Florida to win a game on the road. And where Florida is, where Thomas, I don't think its margin of error is particularly great, that's not easy to do. And LSU, I would think, is going to want to make amends for not playing well against A&M. You heard their play-by-play voice, Chris Blair, talk about how they were manhandled in the paint and severely out-rebounded. So, I mean, Florida's had pretty good success against LSU. Tough tonight. But Florida, if it plays well, I think can win. And then you get Missouri, a team that's in the top 25, here with a chance to beat them at home. 
So we'll see if that actually does take place. Speaking of Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, our thanks for him being on today. Also, Seth Greenberg from ESPN talking college hoops with you. Again, Jalen Farmer, you'll hear from him tomorrow from the Gator football team. And uh, we'll continue to talk a little more uh, about college football as well. And I know there's a lot of people uh, that hated to see Georgia win, but you got to tip your cap. It's not easy to win one, let alone two, and win them back-to-back. That is not an easy thing to do, and Georgia accomplished that. Thanks to Zach for producing the second hour, Jose for producing the first. We thank you for tuning in and listening, making us part of your day. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. You're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM.